Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin or on the Dynasty After Dark Facebook fan page. Uh, hopefully you guys are having a good week this last week. It's been uh, pretty cold and miserable. We're into a full swing of winter here now and uh, it's not really fun in Ohio. It's just cold as hell and not great weather and man, I'm looking forward to the spring and everything that's going to be bringing, including my second son, I guess. So here it goes in the next couple months. But to get us through there, at least we have the NFL playoffs. And man, I got to say, I used to be such a big UFC fan back in the day and I stopped watching it for years, but I, for some reason, just found the, uh, the hype video and if anybody knows how to put out a hype video, the UFC has it down, man. Those videos that they put out to prepare you for the matchups that are coming up, man, those are those those make you want to fight anybody on the spot. They just do such a good job with those videos. And I was thinking about getting back into it, but right now with uh COVID still out there, all the bars are still locked down, so we can't go to any of the bars. And I really don't want to pay 60 bucks just to watch it by myself because we still can't get together with giant groups of friends because of COVID. Man, COVID needs to just go away and die. I'm so sick of this freaking disease, man. Oh, these vaccines can't come fast enough. But man, I like I said, UFC is just, it got me hyped, man. It got me back into it. I'm really excited. I, I kind of want to watch the fight tomorrow night, but uh, I don't even know half the names anymore. There, There's so many new guys in the scene. It just revolves so much, but uh, Conor McGregor, he knows how to draw a crowd, man. I'll tell you that much. So, uh, like I said, hopefully you guys have been having a good week. Today is going to be a fairly short episode and I'm going to explain why to you guys real quick. And I think you guys will be pretty impressed with the reason why, but basically the reason why I'm going to have a short stream today is because I am actually in the process of finalizing my way too early rankings for all the different positions. Right now I'm about halfway done. Uh, I got two different skill groups done and I got two more to go, but I'm doing this because right now it is startup season for so many different people. They are so enamored with the drafting process and just getting new leagues and everything like that. Not everybody should be because uh, it's not the best time to be doing your drafts right now. I would at least wait until after the uh, NFL draft, the actual draft, but you know, if you're going to be getting that itch to do some startups and to do some drafts before the actual NFL draft. I wanted to put together a ranking system for you guys to use in your startups. And I wanted to do that because not too many people right now update their rankings. Like a lot of stuff is very wishy-washy, right? And the biggest challenge that I found with this is where to rank rookies without a team, right? And this is specifically for like the running backs, which I just finished last night, right? How do I rank someone like Najee Harris, who is potentially someone who could go to a great landing spot? He could be the number one running back off the board, him or Travis Etienne, right? But if they go to a terrible landing spot, is that going to hurt their draft stock? What do I think about them for fantasy? Looking back at this last year, for example... Two guys specifically had massive hits to their value based on their landing spot, and it ultimately ended up not mattering too much by the end of the year. It might have hurt for one year, but long term, it's not going to be a problem, right? 
And those two guys specifically are DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins. Now, I'm kind of a little bit of a J.K. Dobbins hater, I guess. I'm not a big fan of J.K. Dobbins in general, but the dude is very talented, and he's got a massive opportunity ahead of him for 2021. He wasn't that great for fantasy in 2020. He had his moments, and he really started to pick up at the end of the year. But as a whole, I would say it's kind of a lost year for fantasy, right? But in 2021, now he's primed and ready to go. But he went to one of the worst landing spots because they have such a massive committee that they use in Baltimore. And they're probably going to bring another guy in behind him. But I think that they're going to really kind of open up J.K. Dobbins in 2021. So what turned into what went from a not great landing spot to a prime opportunity this next year is a perfect example of how you kind of want to value sometimes the talent over the opportunity. And DeAndre Swift is another guy, perfect example. He went to a landing spot where everyone thought that he was going to be the number two, number three guy on the depth chart. And he started that way, but man, he came on in the middle of the season and he just kept rolling. He got injured, I think, towards the end of the year, if I remember right, but he was just an amazing option to plug in when he was healthy. So now they don't have Adrian Peterson. They're probably going to move on from Carrion Johnson just so they can save some money because everybody is up against the cap this upcoming year. Until they really set that salary cap, the limited number that they can go down to is $175 million. That's what they agreed upon before the 2020 season because of COVID and not having fans in the stands really, really massively impacted their finances for the year, right? So an agreement was made between the Players Association and the owners that even if the fans didn't make it back to the stands and weren't able to attend a lot of games to get that revenue flowing that way, uh, the team owners would only limit the salary cap to $175 million. So you wouldn't see a mass exodus of veteran players and kind of those older players would have a chance to stay around without just getting cut to save some money. And right now, everything is proposed off that 175. Ultimately, they could come back higher than that number, but that's just the minimum. So when you go to like Spotrack and you look at the team salary caps, just remember that it's all based off that 175 number. So somebody like, uh, let's say the New Orleans Saints, who are like 95 million uh, below the cap, they're above Uh, They need to find $95 million. Uh, They're not going to be signing too many free agents this upcoming year, and they're going to be finding ways to cut as many people as possible. But if for some reason that salary cap goes up from $175 to even $190, $15 million when you're that far in the hole is going to be massive. So uh, looking at the Detroit Lions, they're going to be trying to save money just like everybody else in the league. So Carrion Johnson might be gone. They might bring in a rookie, uh, maybe like a fourth or fifth rounder to sit behind DeAndre Swift. But we're already getting reports that DeAndre Swift is going to be used in the slot with this new head coach. And it's just going to be an awesome opportunity for DeAndre Swift, even though he didn't go to the best landing spot. And pre-draft, pre-NFL draft last year, DeAndre Swift was my number two option right behind JT, uh, Jonathan Taylor to the Colts. And everyone was down on DeAndre Swift. He fell so far. I think ultimately his ADP went from number two pre-NFL draft to number five post-draft, right? So if you guys are starting your actual NFL drafts, you might have gotten, you might have had to pay a little bit more for someone like uh, DeAndre Swift than you would have 
post-draft, right? But ultimately, I think you got the second best talent out of all of those rookies in that draft. So my goal was to put together an early rankings for you guys in your startups that you can use as a tool as you start going through these because most of the startups right around now are a little bit slower so it gives me a little bit of time to uh to kind of catch up with the podcast but my plan is because dynasty leagues are so deep right um i'm going to be doing one podcast of every single position like my top 20 at every single position next week and that's going to be four podcasts in a week this is going to be really tough on me, but I'm going to try and accept that challenge. So every single night next week, I'm going to be recording an episode and just kind of giving you guys my top skill positions for top players in each skill position, essentially. So like I said, I'm going to be doing 20 of each position, 20 quarterbacks, 20 running backs, 20 receivers, and 20 tight ends. Um, This isn't a top 200 kind of list, but it'll be able to just kind of give you that breakdown of each guy with what's coming in as the rookies. And then the following week, because like I said, it's a little bit slower in startups right now, I'll be doing the second half of all those positions. Now, I wanted to do it that way because so a lot of people right now are doing it as a group as a whole, right? Well, the, Where they'll do all their quarterbacks, then all the running backs and all the receivers and all the tight ends. But if you're in a startup now or you have one coming up soon, It doesn't really help you to have all of the quarterbacks, but none of the wide receivers, right? So I wanted to give you guys one of each position just so that you guys could have that going forward and kind of have the top tier of those guys. By the time it gets down to that second tier, uh, you guys will be caught up and I'll be caught up as well. So trying to just kind of follow your guys' drafts and give you guys advice that way. So, and like I said, I'm not a, uh, this is the first time I've ever done rankings. So I'm not a veteran at rankings. This is very, very tough to uh, put together rankings on all these players. I I always laughed at how easy it seemed for these guys to just make up rankings. You know, oh, how do you have this guy here? Oh, how do you have this guy here? I would just laugh it off like, oh, that's crazy. But, man, I will say making your own rankings is so tough. It's not hard for the top 10 guys. Where it's really challenging is like, 20 to 50. I I did 50 running backs, and that's what I'm going to be giving you guys in a podcast. 50 running backs. 30 through 50 was the most challenging thing I've ever done, weighing all the pros and the cons of these guys. And ultimately, I know I'm going to be wrong on some of them. I'm going to miss some of these guys, and you guys are going to say I'm crazy, right? How could I disrespect player X so hard? by putting him here, but it is tough, man. I'm not going to lie. It was one of the toughest things I've ever done. It was the most fun thing I've ever done as well. I enjoyed it so much, The just the process of going through all these guys. But, uh, man, making a rankings is very, very challenging. So before you start knocking all these fantasy experts out there, you got to give it a try yourself, man. It's It's not easy. So hopefully when I do put those out next week, you guys will go a little easy on me. But, man, I'm really excited to kind of record those and it's going to be a fun challenge trying to get four podcasts out next week and probably four the week after as well so uh, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks here but hopefully you guys hang in there with me and that said I do want to kind of cover the actual NFL why not you know uh just as a uh kind of a 
just update on for you guys in case you guys have kind of tuned out a little bit going into the playoffs and the offseason coming up. And right now we're going into week the championship week for each conference, right? The conference championships. And that's a much cleaner way to say it, I guess. Uh, that's why they probably named it that way. But, you know, words are not always a specialty of mine. But uh, we have on the NFC side, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. It's in Lambeau. And man, I do not see any world where the Green Bay Packers win this game. It's in Lambeau, which is just going to be such an advantage for Green Bay. And it's also supposed to have negative weather. You're going to tell me that a bunch of Florida guys going up to the snow in Lambeau, where it's going to be like 20 degrees on this Sunday, are going to have a good fighting chance. After that cold gets into those guys' hands and their heads, man, there's no chance. Aaron Rodgers is going to pick them apart. So I am going Green Bay in this game all the way. I think that it's just going to be too much. Aaron Rodgers is definitely the MVP this year. He has been playing lights out all year, even though everybody has been criticizing the Green Bay Packers for not taking a wide receiver. I will not say that their success kind of saves them from that, but they definitely should have taken a wide receiver over A.J. Dillon. But, you know, it is what it is, and they've been showing everybody that they don't need the second wide receiver. Just imagine how good they could be with the second wide receiver. And Tom Brady, I think that Tom's going to be great. There's no reason why Tom Brady is not going to do well in this game. He had 19 years in New England, a lot of home playoff games, and it was always cold this time of year for Tom, so he is very used to it. But I just think that it's going to be his skill players who are not used to it. Mike Evans is a Tampa guy. He's been there his whole career. Chris Godwin, same thing. They aren't used to playing these playoff games. This is the first run they've ever done in the playoffs in their careers. So it's going to be tough to overcome that cold, man. I was out there today. I I had to do a site visit for a project that I'm working on. And I was just walking around the site trying to verify some things and kind of feel verify, look around, see what was out there. And I had like four layers on, a hat, two hoods, gloves, pants, everything wool socks and man I was out there for like 45 minutes and I was freezing by the time I got back to my car it was crazy the wind was just biting oh it was 28 degrees out and it's supposed to be colder on Sunday for these guys that play it is going to be tough so I'm taking Green Bay in this game all the way now on the AFC side we have the greatest the GOAT Patrick Mahomes versus the Buffalo Bills, uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills. Beware, table owners, uh, Office Depot. This is the best time to buy stock in Office Depot because if for some reason the Bills win this game, ooh, they are going to be sold out of tables for the next like three months, I think. So uh, I actually think that the Bills are going to win this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is actually health- healthy. He's cleared the concussion protocol. He's saying that his toes feeling a lot better, but he is not coming out 100%. And the Chiefs have been not playing great football the last couple weeks. They've been winning. They haven't been punished. But, man, the Bills, if there's any team that's hotter than the Bills right now, please tell me because 
That team is just playing lights out. I love this Buffalo Bills team. I'm a New England Patriots fan, right? And I am so proud of this Buffalo Bills team. They're going to be the leaders of this division for a long time. And it's been a long time coming, man. The Patriots have ran the AFC East for so long. It's kind of fun for me to see just a new team uh, take the crown for a little while because I want to see my team rebuild and actually go through that process. A lot of fan bases have. I haven't had to deal with it in a long time. So I want to see how the Patriots ultimately come up. And while we rebuild, I'm happy if our division mates actually win this Super Bowl. I know that there's some divisions out there where it's like cutthroat, don't even look at your division mates. You guys got to fight in the streets if you see each other. But yeah, in the AFC East, I think it's because the Patriots have been winning for so long and the other the other franchises have not been that good for such a long period of time that I'm actually just happy for the Buffalo fans and hopefully you guys can win this game. I think that they can. Their defense is extremely fast. They're going to be coming off the edge really quickly. Uh, it's in Kansas City, so... It's not really a, it's not really a, an advantage for Buffalo, but I think that their defense is going to be able to play lights out in this game, and I think that their offense is going to be able to compete. This Kansas City defense, I, everybody says that this Kansas City defense is extremely good. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't see it when I watch this team. Like they play okay. I'm not going to say they're a bad defense by any means, but I think that they perform way above what their actual talent level is half the time. And maybe that's just really good coaching and it's just a great game plan every single week. Maybe that's what it is. And that's why I don't see it on the field, but I just don't see anything that really wows me when I look at this Kansas city chiefs defense. So I think that the Buffalo bills are going to be able to keep up with the chiefs. And I think that they're going to be able to set the tone in this game and ultimately take the win. So I'm predicting right now, the Green Bay Packers versus the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, which would be a great matchup. That would be so much fun to see that matchup. Just think of, uh, I know that everyone loves to see Patrick Mahomes. He is by far the best quarterback in the NFL right now, and he's going to be an, a Hall of Famer. I'm just calling it now. that He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's just too good. But I just want to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl. I want to see Josh Allen versus uh, Aaron Rodgers and just see how these two teams match up against each other. That would be two new teams that haven't been there in a long time. Green Bay has been a long time since they've been there. And the Buffalo Bills, I don't even remember the last time that they made uh, the championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. So I really just want to see these two teams. It would be the best Super Bowl in my opinion, but we'll see. We'll see how that ultimately shakes out. Now, I am, I was three of four last week, you know, the only one I missed was the Browns over the Chiefs, and man, they had a chance, but I'm feeling hot right now, so if I can get both of these, I'm 100% just moving on up in my accuracy, right, so uh, that's my thoughts on the actual NFL. Now, some news in the NFL, Uh, last week when I talked to you guys, there were still three teams that didn't have head coaches, the Falcons, uh, the Chargers, or sorry, not the Falcons, they had just hired Arthur Smith. The Chargers, the Eagles, and the Detroit Lions, and all three of those teams now have head coaches. Now, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers, their new head coach is going to be Brandon Staley. He's uh, coming over from the 
LA Rams, which is pretty great for him. He doesn't even have to switch his uh, his house. He gets to stay at the same place, just going to the same stadium, uh, just the different locker room every single week. So he's a defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. He's bringing over an OC. He's bringing in um, another couple guys on the defensive side. So he's going to be someone who's a little interesting. I don't really know what to expect for the Chargers with this hiring because it all depends on who they ultimately sign as their offensive coordinator. They don't have anybody just yet, but they have a couple guys that they've interviewed. And the defensive-minded head coach is very interesting. And like, I think I talked about this last week, but just in case I didn't, I'll touch on it again here really quickly. One of the biggest things that I've heard talked about recently that I thought was an amazing opinion an amazing kind of stat going into these coaching hires, right, was the fact that you don't want a defensive coordinator because if your offense is successful, your offensive coordinator will get sniped and hired as a uh, head coach in the NFL, unless you're Andy Reid, right? But he's not a defensive coordinator. But (laughs) if your offense is doing really, really well, typically your offensive coordinators get interviewed for head coaching positions. So, the biggest problem with signing all these defensive head coaches is that if they bring somebody in and Justin Herbert looks amazing again in year two, it's very likely that that guy will be gone in 2022, which just means that there's going to be a new system. There's going to be a whole new uh, kind of approach on the offense. And it's just, it's not great for long-term stability on the offensive side of the ball to have these defensive head coaches. So, I don't know what to expect for the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers long term. I still love a lot of these guys. I really like Austin Eckler. I really like Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. I think that they're going to be great for fantasy. I just don't know if you they're going to be reliable for fantasy. But I will say that Brandon Staley is going to massively help this LA Chargers defense, which is by far, probably on paper, one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. It's loaded at basically every single position. Other than uh, the safety that they lost in their training camp this year on hard knocks, uh, and the name is escaping me at this time, but their uh, all-star safety who plays basically every single position. Man, it's killing me that I don't remember his name, but after losing him, this defense just went on to be terrible for the start of uh, the 2020 season. And their special teams were, I think, 31st in the NFL this last year. So I think that Brandon Staley will definitely come in and bring stability to those two positions, um, groups of players. But yeah, like I said, I, I just don't know what to expect with the offensive side of the ball until they get an offensive coordinator in here. Hopefully it's someone that's going to be very good, but not super uh, interesting hiring-wise in the future. But We'll see how that ultimately kind of goes. So that's the Chargers head coach. For the Eagles, they have brought in Nick Sirianni from the Indianapolis Colts. He was their offensive coordinator. And I think this is a great hire, though I think that it's going to have implications that most people aren't going to be happy with for fantasy. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think by bringing in Nick Sirianni, It means that the Eagles want to stay with Carson Wentz. And we've heard a lot of rumors over the last couple weeks that ownership uh, between the owner 
uh, Phil Laurie, I think his name is, and uh, the GM, which is Howie Roseman, both of those guys are very invested into Carson Wentz. They like him as a person. They really are attached to him. And Carson Wentz has been creating a lot of drama in the public media and behind the scenes. And I think that this is all an attempt to save Carson Wentz on this team, which means that Jalen Hurts isn't going to be the starter going forward, even if he's the better option. They might even ultimately get rid of Jalen Hurts, which might not be a bad thing, but I think that it's going to really create some confusion for fantasy in the next couple weeks. Maybe you can capitalize on it if you know which side is going to ultimately prevail in this fight between these two guys, uh, which is Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, but I don't know personally. I think that Nick Sirianni was a quarterback's coach. He's a wide receiver's coach, and then he ultimately became a offensive coordinator. I think that it means that they're going to want to pass the ball a lot, which isn't great for someone like Miles Sanders, but it might actually be good for Miles Sanders because it might open him up in the passing game a little bit more, kind of like a Naeem Hines this last year who was just targeted all over the field. Nobody on that Philadelphia roster can catch as well as Miles Sanders out of the backfield, so I think that he'll be just fine on that aspect, but I do think it's going to possibly limit his his rushing ability this upcoming year. I don't know if they're going to use him as a workhorse quite the way that people are kind of hoping, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for Miles Sanders because under Doug Peterson, he was also a workhorse as well. So it's not really changing too much. It's not decreasing his value, but I just don't know if it's going to increase his value very much either. I think it's going to help him in the passing game, but possibly hurt him in the rushing game. So uh, it's an interesting hire. Nick Sirianni, I think he's talking to a couple guys to bring in as an offensive coordinator as well. So we'll see how that shakes out. But like I said, I think that this is going to bring a lot of confusion to the quarterback position that people aren't necessarily going to be too thrilled about. I think that ultimately they're going to choose to go with Carson Wentz just based on everything that we're hearing. I know that people don't want that to be what happens, but you can't turn down all these rumors that we're hearing right now. So that's just my only thoughts on it. Don't shoot me for predicting something that people people don't want to hear, but I think that Jalen Hurts, his, uh, his starting career is a little bit in jeopardy here, even if he is the guy that the locker room likes and uh, want to play with. And yeah, it's the fans want to see. It's just, it's going to get ugly in Philadelphia before it gets better. So uh, hang in there if you're a Philly fan, but yeah, hold your shares of these guys because it's going to get a little rocky for their value going forward. And the last team is the Detroit Lions. They brought in Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell is one of the most interesting hires I've seen this offseason. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you guys need to go watch his uh, press conference that he gave on his first day as head coach. And Man, I've been seeing a lot of negativity around Dan Campbell as the head coach. Uh, But basically in his press conference, he said that he is going to make this a high culture team. He's going to create a lot of toughness out of these guys. And what he said was, 
on the way down, we're going to take a punch and then we're going to get up and we're going to smile at you. And then you're going to take two punches to take us back down. And then we're going to, when we come up the second time, we're going to bite off a kneecap or something like that. And then it's going to take three punches to get us back down. And then when we come back again, we're going to take a chunk out of your gut or something. It was like the most wild press conference I've ever seen a coach give. And he does not give a crap about just telling his mind and being honest with it. And I find that oddly refreshing. I don't know about you guys, but so many of these coaches are just like, they're so two-faced when they when they say things. And I understand that that's the game that you have to play as a head coach for the NFL, but I just found his attitude extremely refreshing. I wish him all the luck in the world, but the reason why I really like him is because a lot of people just disregard the fact that he was behind Sean Payton in New Orleans, and he was his right-hand man, supposedly, in New Orleans. Now, I don't know what all that entails. I wasn't there. I didn't work for New Orleans, so I can only hear third-party accounts. But basically, he learned directly from Sean Payton on how to be a head coach for a team. So I think that he's going to be a lot more prepared than people kind of give him credit for. And I also think that he's going to be a great leader of men. And this Detroit Lions team is is a little bit younger, but they got a, a lot of guys who just aren't used to winning. And when he comes over from New Orleans, who have been in the playoffs like every single season for a, how many seasons have they missed playoffs in the last decade? Not many, right? But he's going to come over and he's going to try and teach these guys how to win and how to be winners, which a lot of the Detroit Lions guys have not been throughout their career. Some of them have. Some of them are are guys who came over from other teams like Trey Flowers, the defensive end, or, um, you know, I. who else do they have? They have uh, the cornerback that they got from Desmond Trufant. Yeah, from the Falcons who was on their playoff team, their Super Bowl team. So, I mean, there's guys who have seen success in the NFL, but most of the guys on the Lions just haven't seen success. And I think that Campbell is going to bring a mentality that's going to help these guys. And I think that this is the best news ever for DeAndre Swift. And they've already talked about possibly throwing DeAndre Swift out into the slot to make him a slot wide receiver for the team. I think Swift is going to be a massive massive buy for this season. I'm trying to get him in every single league that I can before his price skyrockets because right now, I'll give you guys a hint. I finished my running back rankings for this season and it's a way too early rankings, right? There's going to be a lot of changes. I'm going to update it twice. I'm going to finish my rankings uh, just as a quick aside. I'm going to give you guys my way too early rankings for your startups that are happening right now. After the NFL draft, and all these guys have teams. I'm going to reevaluate. I'm going to tweak some things uh, specifically for the the running backs and the wide receivers and the tight ends. I'm going to tweak those ones a little bit more. Quarterback, not as much. Uh, I don't know if landing spot really affects those guys too, too much. So I'm going to be tweaking those after the NFL draft. And then finally, at the end of the summer, I'm going to be doing one final update on my rankings. And that's right before the actual season. And we've seen all the changes that these teams have made, all the the signings and the roster cuts are official, right? And right now, I can tell you with a guaranteed fact, my top six running backs will not be changing. And DeAndre Swift is my running back six 
for Dynasty. He is someone that I want to own in every single league. I think that the talent of DeAndre Swift was way too high. If everyone is putting Jonathan Taylor as a top three startup running back, DeAndre Swift deserves to be top six. He was barely behind Jonathan Taylor in terms of talent, and now he also has the opportunity to succeed, especially in the areas where he he thrives, right, which is the passing game. If they're going to be able to line him out as a slot receiver, he's going to be catching a lot of balls out of the backfield and running as well. I just think that he's going to be Kamara 2.0, and I would rather have him over Kamara right now. I still have Kamara ranked higher, don't get me wrong, but I would rather have DeAndre Swift in a startup because he's going to be a second-round pick, maybe, maybe a third if you're really lucky, maybe a late first-rounder. But if you're going into your startup, depending on where his ADP is right now, which actually I'm going to check it real quick. So according to Dynasty League Football, their ADP uh, for Dynasty for the month of January, right now DeAndre Swift is actually going as the RB6, so it kind of lines up perfectly with my ranking. I agree with this. But he is going as the uh, between the 9th and the 13th pick. So you might be able to get him with a late first or a high second in your startups, and I think that he's going to be better than Kamara over the next five years, because Kamara's ultimately going to start aging out here in the next couple months, uh, next couple years, sorry. And I think that he's going to be just as productive as Kamara. So you're going to be getting a steal with DeAndre Swift in all of your startups. So like I said, my top six is not going to be changing. DeAndre Swift is number six for me right now. And I think that the sky is the limit for this kid going forward. So again, that's the tough thing with these rankings, man. How do I how do I rank someone like Najee Harris, who I think is extremely talented, right? And man, these ADPs, I might have to do a podcast after I finish these rankings just on ADPs going forward because some of these things are insane. How is Josh Jacobs RB10 right now in Dynasty? What has he done to deserve that in a PPR league? Somebody tell me. There's no way he deserves to be this high in a PPR league. Uh. Anyway, I digress. So that is my thoughts and most of the news. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of offensive coordinator changes, a lot of defensive coordinator skill position changes. There's been a lot already so far, and I probably won't be able to update you guys every single week because I'm not going to remember who all is changing. And also, there's other content that I want to get you guys because at the end of the summer, like I did last year, I'm going to be getting you guys a full summary of all the changes for each one of these teams, player changes, coaching changes, things like that. So I'll be giving you guys all that updated info at some point here in the next couple months. But like I said, I'll try and give you guys some of the more important ones as they come out, if there's any breaking news as I'm starting to record these podcasts. But like I said, it's a great time to be a listener for the podcast because I'm going to be trying to get you guys content all summer Dynasty leagues never die. They never sleep. There's no off-season in Dynasty. All these guys who take the the summer off for Dynasty are just, ah, they kill me, man. They kill me. I love being able to trade in the summer. I love being able to do all this research in the summer and listen to all these podcasts and get a head up and a leg up on my opponents in each one of these leagues in the summer. And I guarantee you, it doesn't matter how you draft. For example, just to give you guys some some advice with your startups, I'm a terrible drafter. 
I am an awful drafter, right? But my biggest quality that helps me 100% is I trade like crazy. I make so many moves in all of my leagues and it just, it helps me because if I mess up in a draft, I trade so much that I ultimately cover up all my holes because I don't trade, uh, I don't trade just one for one, player for player. I I find ways to create extra value. Okay, uh, you want to give me, let's say, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the 104, right? Well, how about you throw in a third too, you know, or or something like that. You know, you always find ways to create extra value that you can ultimately turn into a lot of extra players down the road, right? And it's those little things that people don't expect that you can eke out a lot of value in these trades. And that's how you can stay competitive. That's how I was in the the playoffs in all four of my dynasty leagues. I was in the championships and won two of them. Uh, I was in the championship in three of them. So there's only one that I didn't even make the championship game. And I'm going to be trying to do that again in 2021 and 2022. I'm not going to be taking any time off. If I can rebuild my roster on the fly and get a get a competent lineup going every single year, I'm going to be doing that. And this is how you do it. You get guys like DeAndre Swift at the ninth overall pick versus someone like Alvin Kamara, who's going at number two overall. That's insane to me right now because I love Alvin Kamara, but he's 25 years old. He's not worth it. I know that he's going to be able to win you guys some games, and I understand that he just had a game where he had six touchdowns, and I think it was a championship week, so he won a lot of guys' championships, but I don't care. Give me the value of DeAndre Swift, who is going to perform on par with Alvin Kamara over the next six years, and maybe he's a little bit less. Maybe he's a Alvin Kamara 2.0. You know, he's a slightly lesser version of him, but man, if I can use that late pick and get the same amount of value or close to the same amount of value, I'm all for it. So uh, that's my thoughts. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of podcasts coming in the next couple weeks. Hopefully you guys tune in for those. If you guys have any questions, Last time I had the mailbag episode of the show. Hopefully you guys uh, are listening to those and liked my answers for most of them. But I love doing that. That was so much fun to do those questions on the last episode. I'll be doing that probably again in February. And again, just a reminder for you guys, in the month of March, I am going to be breaking out, hopefully, some of these Dynasty consultations where I'm going to be analyzing your teams, kind of giving you guys your weaknesses, your strengths, and your long-term strategies that you should be doing for your teams. And uh, like I said, March is what I'm shooting for for that. We'll see. Uh, again, I don't want to overcommit myself with my with my second son being born. Um, having a 15-month-old and a uh, newborn baby is going to be pretty challenging, but we'll see how that kind of shakes out. But until then, thank you guys for listening. Get ready for next week. I'm going to be blitzing you guys with content and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. Let's watch some playoff football and see who makes it to the Super Bowl. So thank you guys again. Have a good night.